Welcome to the Heart of Dad podcast. Heart of Dad is a podcast for entrepreneurs who are passionate about their families and business and looking to find more clarity, more balance and more alignment in all areas of their life. Come and join the community at heartofdad.com or on Facebook at groups forward slash heartofdad. This week on Heart of Dad, I'm interviewing Renee Power. By day, Renee is a marketing consultant, trainer and speaker working with directors of family-run manufacturers and professional services companies to advance their marketing and business growth. He's run Vision B2B Marketing and Training Limited, based just outside Manchester since October 2015, after a 20-year career working client-side in manufacturing and marketing agencies came to an end. By night and at weekends, he's an active 45-year-old, husband and dad of four, Renee feels he's defined by being a success in work and is driven to be a role model in the importance of hard work and application to his children. The struggle and balance is real, as Renee shares his experiences in running a consultancy business, securing planning and training work, and also looking at monetizing knowledge and amplifying his reach in hitting the online coaching at scale market. So this week on The Heart of Dad, I'm delighted to welcome Renee Power to the show. Welcome, Renee. Hi there, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well. It's great to have you here. Yeah, so, really looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Renee. Uh, so my name is Rene Parry. It's my real name. Uh, the name uh, Rene was plucked from a French textbook by my mum and dad when my dad was at Sixth Form College. They were very young parents back then in, in 1974. Um, and the power obviously goes back to Tipperary Irish, I think back to grandparents and beyond. The family story is, I think in the 1850s, we had quite a large publishing empire in the family uh, over there, over the, over the water. But uh, one particular generation who inherited the family business proceeded to um, basically uh, lose the business on, uh, I would guess, drink and women and other um, you know, ill-gotten pastimes. So as a, as a family, uh, we, had to, we had to rebuild over. So I could have been, you know, the 2020 version of Rupert Murdoch or something, I suppose, but uh, the family went down a different path. Um, <laughs> a little bit of history there that I wasn't planning on sharing, but there you go. That's what you do on these podcasts, isn't it? Um, so I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur dad. I'm a dad of four. So uh, I've got a t-shirt on with the names on today, classic Father's Day gift. So um, Oscar is 12 in two weeks' time. So he's 11, just gone to high school. So that's uh, a pretty big milestone in our household and has obviously had a bit of an impact on how I, uh, how I do my business. So Oscar's 11. We've got Isaac, who has just turned uh, nine. Um, we've got Jacob, who's five. And then uh, for the lols, we had another one quite by accident, and that's Ruby. So we got a pink one. And Ruby uh, just turned uh, two before Christmas. So we've got uh, 11, 9, 5, and 2. So Amazing. dad of four, uh, 45, uh, working marketing. Uh, uh, worked in agencies for quite a long time, business to business. Working with manufacturers, engineers, engineering companies, helping them sell their wares to companies that use their products and services. And in 2015, um, decided after a long courtship with working for myself or certainly within my own head the need to want to work for myself and be my own boss finally took the plunge in 2015 and I'm going into my fifth year doing that so uh, that was just after Jacob was born so I set up a business with uh, three kids in 2015 um, and then as I said just 
discussed for the lols then had another one a couple of years further along the line so yeah it's been it's been a really interesting few years should we say i bet i bet i mean i'd love to hear um there's loads of questions i've got just from that little bit um renee but what what sort of tipped you from being employed to um striking out on your own i'm always interested in that story and happy we'll get um i mean we can probably go way way back even even before the kids really so um i've always been quite ambitious and probably always looking for the next thing the next move um after graduation in 95 i actually returned home to my hometown of skelmersdale in lancashire lived at home for a bit and got a job with a safety equipment manufacturer and was with them for four years um, by chance, uh, got uh, day release and funding to do Chartered Institute of Marketing qualifications uh, on the business. Uh, so when a marketing role came up in the business, I was the only candidate because I was the only one who was qualified. So I got a job in marketing. Um, did that for two years and then uh, looked to uh, move from the company primarily because um, I was a marketing assistant working into a marketing director. So there wasn't really the scope within the team to, you know, have somebody stepping up a level. So reluctantly left the business and, uh, and relocated as well. So moved down to Cheshire and moved into the pharmaceutical space and worked uh, in a number of agencies for about six or seven years, working into some of the very large uh, pharmaceutical companies around the world, people like AstraZeneca and Abbott Laboratories out of Chicago, GlaxoSmithKline, client working on publication planning and things like that. So that took me through to about 2005. Got up to a fairly senior position, account directing, and again, so thought, you know, I need to be looking at the next thing, the next move, what happens next, and moved to a training company that um, specialised in pharmaceutical marketing and this was probably the first misstep uh, and back in those days it was all about getting that incremental increase in salary so it's probably the first move I made when I moved for the money and probably didn't accurately job role to see if it was the right thing to be doing um, cultural fit um, and so as a result of that, I, was, uh, I wasn't right for the role, really. And after about eight months of that, it was, it was pretty clear on both sides. So I was let go. And that was the first of what would become four redundancies or consultations or whatever you want to call that between uh, 2006 and 2010. Um, and, and contextually, I think it's important to, 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 to share that because... Then when I move into later roles and when I start to want to work for myself, I think the seeds of that are in that period of time where, you know, when you go through any kind of um, uh, consultation process or redundancy, it can, it can hit you quite hard because it hits your self-worth and how you value yourself and am I good enough? Am I, I thought I was good at this stuff that I do, but they don't want me and da, 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 da. you can take it really personally. Um, and I probably carried that round for a disproportionate amount of time um, and to a point that it was probably impacting a lot of my future decisions. So I had this entrepreneurial thing in my mind and probably during that period, I remember it well, sort of 2008-9, we had recessions, you know, we had all sorts of things going on in, in, in the world and in business. And at that time, I kind of thought I need to build a personal brand because this has happened to me a couple of times and I need to make myself employable if it was to happen again. So in 2009, I was blogging and using Twitter and building a profile and getting to speak at uh, business marketing events and things like that. 
So I always fell into another job because I was very well networked and had, had a bit of a brand. So it came full circle about 2014, 2015, when um, um, I left a role after four years and was interviewing around small agencies. And the, and the general feedback from managing directors in agencies around Manchester was, why don't you work for yourself? Because you've kind of got this brand for all intents and purposes, you've been positioning like you work for yourself. So you're well connected, you've got a good reputation in what you do. So why don't you? And the nudge that I needed um, to convince me that that was the right thing to do. And you know, it's been hard, absolutely no question about it. It's been hard with the, with all the, the extra kids seemingly every year, one of the one being added, uh, the cash flow uh, and all of that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm in marketing because I'm probably not a natural salesperson. There is the difference, I think, between marketing and salespeople. So that side of things can be a bit, uh, a bit of a challenge, but you know, hand on heart, yeah, haven't looked back and uh, wish I'd obviously done it years ago. Mm. Um, so, uh, a lot potentially in there, but I thought it's probably useful. Yeah, to share. such a brilliant story. You know, we are all a product of our environment. We're all a yeah. product of the experiences that we that we either choose to, you know, uh, take decisions and then and then and then follow those processes or things that happen to us and we have no control over them, but we have to react to them and, and deal with them. So, mm. yeah, I'm I'm definitely a product of particularly that four year spell, uh, probably between 20, 20, 2006 and two thousand and ten, that um, you know led me to you know. Yeah, have have certain feelings about myself and yeah. know, the profession and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, such a great story, and I think a lot of people could resonate with going through that sort of cycle of redundancy and what it does to your, your self-image and self-esteem. And I love the way that you came out of that and decided, okay, this is how I'm going to kind of inoculate myself against that um, experience by building my personal brand. And yeah, and I think you know, and, and now in 2020, you know, that personal branding thing is so important. It's probably the most important thing and everybody's walking around with their phones on you know diarizing and journaling what they're doing and what they're eating and where they're at and events they're at because they want to leave a stamp they want to show that you know they bring some value and some and some good to you know environments they're in and people that they're um, networking with so that personal brand thing has probably got even more important now we're all essentially you know you know, citizen journalists with high definition cameras and recording and internet. It's so easy, you know, it's yeah. so easy to, to be able to do that, you know, almost why wouldn't you? So, yeah, absolutely. So, so one thing that also struck me in your story, and you're not the only one who's, who's had this experience, and it's been my experience. I only have one child, but my child was born and I started my business kind of within the, within the same month. Uh, there's a story there to tell, right? But <laughs> it's not about me today, it's about you. But I'm really curious about, um, you know, the timing, you know, of starting your business and having your third child and how those two things kind of intersected in your life. Yeah, so, so, at the end, um, so yeah, I had these three or four redundancies that were probably a spiral from that, that initial role I talked about where I moved for the money. And then that didn't work out. So I'm then in a position where I've certainly got one child to feed. I've got to find a job pretty quickly. Um, so I then take another job with, with a smaller agency. And again, quickly realizing that's not right either. I'm not naming anybody today. But I was working with a small design and, and, and consultancy agency that were wanting to attract public sector clients. 
and they deemed that it would be good to have somebody come in and do a business development role in this little team of sort of five or six people. And here's a list of people and here's some phone numbers and da 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 da. And having never really done any work like that before, um, I quickly realized that cold calling the public sector um, is not the way to win business in that space. So we, we hammered it, we, uh, we went to events, we tried to push the flesh, we did all sorts of things, we ran campaigns, we case studied work that we'd done, but after five or six months, we didn't get anywhere with it. So I'm being sat down again and saying, mm, yeah, this, this, this thing we've tried to do here hasn't really worked. And um, two weeks notice, oh, and it's, and, it, and it's the 10th of December, so it's literally out of a job, no money before Christmas. So it was harsh. Um, and I did the same thing I always did. So I then emailed a couple of MDs at agencies that I quite liked, quite liked the look of, and said, look, I've just been made available. You know, uh, have you got anything coming up? A few of them bit, went and had some meetings, and then I've got a job lined up for January because that, that was the way that I kind of went about my, 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 my job searches. Um, and that was then that took me through that period. But again, always falling into roles or into the wrong company at the wrong time so that that, that agency then in 2007-8 was massively hit by the recession the um, we had big construction and, and building products clients and financial sector and they were the two things that were hit the most yeah so the people stopped investing and people stopped building so we lost all those clients overnight and that agency kind of um, it didn't fall apart, but it, its management team certainly got decimated. A lot of people had to be taken out of the business to kind of reduce costs. So then again, moving from that into another, I need to find a job quickly, not doing due to eight or nine months. So that was that story of those kind of four, four years. I then did fall into a, uh, an agency role where I stayed for four or five years, really enjoyed it. Um, and then, um, you know, a change in direction at the top of the business uh, four or five years in led to a position in November 2014 um, where I'm, I'm leaving that business without anything lined up. And at this point, my wife's pregnant to come back to your point, uh, I probably labored it a little bit, but to come back to your point. So Jacob came in March 15. So I'm there November 14 thinking I want to work for myself. And my wife's like, can you just get a job? Because I can't deal with everything I've got to deal with, uh, with, a th with, a third, with a third child, two little ones going to school and a new one. And I want to, you know, we'd had other things at home to do with, um, you know, C-sections and, uh, you know, maternal depressions and all this sort of thing with with previous babies so there were certain things going there where she wanted to have as calm a pregnancy and do have certain things at the end of that process that she said I can you just get another job so I did so I defaulted to my approaching agency MDs who I liked and trusted and said look here I am again um, can we have a chat and I, and I got a role um, did and, and was there six months so into the next year Jacob's born you know recovery all the rest of it and we're getting back to normal and i'm like this this business isn't for me i've got this is the time i've got to work for myself i tried i tried for you but i've got to do this for me now this thing is just eating away at me yeah i've got to give this a go and i think the the big turning point was um, i'd started at this point as jacob the third child was born in 2015 to start to do some work on the side so you hear about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk and these people now talking about the side hustle. So, you know, the best way to dip your water in uh, the world of working for yourself, if you can, is to 
start but do it alongside a day job so you've got that safety net yeah so you know gary vaynerchuk um for guys who maybe haven't heard of this guy um listening to the podcast um he's an american entrepreneur took on his dad's wine business one store in new jersey turning over three million dollars a year and turned it into a 60 million online business primarily through doing YouTube videos and a show on YouTube called Wine Library. He's since become a massive social media influencer talking about all things entrepreneurship and, you know, starting businesses and, 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 and that kind of thing. And his big shtick, as they call it over in the States, is the side hustle. So his argument is if you go to work and do, you know, nine to five, come home, have tea, do your thing. Um, yeah, I use the word tea there because I'm a northern boy or dinner. Um, and then do your side hustle seven till midnight in the evening. So if you're a designer or a copywriter or a web developer or whatever it is, you know, have those few hours every day where you're doing it, learning your craft, getting known, getting some work. And then you get to the point where you can flip the switch because you're realizing, hey, if I did this thing full time, I'd be probably better off than I am at the moment. And that's where I was. So come October 2015, but it was really July 2015, I'd handed in my notice, resigned from the board and said, right, this is it. This is where I'm going to go. And, uh, and that's where me working for myself and the business kind of grew from. So it was October 15 from that place of having, getting the confidence and having people giving me work and doing some stuff on the side um, that really made me think, Do you know what, we can, we can make a go at this. And having almost um conceded when the first when the third uh, child was coming yeah okay i will take one more job but i really don't want to i want to work for myself but you need low stress right now um so that's that's that, that's where it, yeah. it kind of came came yeah, to i love i love that story because there's kind of the pragmatism of you know okay you've got mouths to feed and you want to de-stress the environment for, for your wife who's yeah. expecting yeah. Okay, you know, you, you 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 take on that job, but there's this kind of deeper burning desire, yeah, which is interesting, right? To, to yeah, absolutely, yeah. and fueled by this. And I'm I'm not a big believer in star signs and things, but I'm an Aries. Um, you know, I'm probably middle class. You know, I got I went I got a degree and I went and got educated and worked in professional services businesses. Um, you know, and I've got an ego. I've got pride. You know, I want to you know, work defines me. And I was thinking about, you know, some of these concepts coming in, coming into our, and I think maybe one of the things that, 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 that is, you know, is a trend that might come out of some of your, some of your interviews is this, yeah, it's not a calling as such, but there's something innate in us as men, as, as, as breadwinners, as providers, you know, and then the ego thing. And when you kind of mush all that stuff together, it's quite a, it's quite a powerful sort of recipe, isn't it? There's something chemical going on there, I think. Um, so it makes, you know, there's a bit of a drive towards it. I think once you feel it, um, it's very difficult to, to put it away to one side and say, it's, it's okay, I can feel in it, but I, I don't need to do it. You know, I really had to act on it. Yeah, yeah, you, you, I mean, I really did that. On it. And also you kind of, it's not that you ignored it because you, you did pay attention, but you 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 kind of had to put a lid on it for quite a while for, mm. for, for all sorts of practical reasons, but it yeah. keeps coming back. Right. Don't you can't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah love that. <laughs> love that. So, so what was it like in those early days when you, you just gone, gone um, yourself and you had your, 
your new baby and your two your two other yeah boys. yeah so in tw- so so in in october 15 um we will have had so oscar would have been seven so he'd have been comfortably in primary school isaac would have been uh he'd have been but he's, he's 20 so he'd have been going to primary school as well he'd have probably mm-hmm. been in reception uh new baby at home and we had a little bit of money because I'd been doing some side work and some quite lucrative side work, actually. I, I, I friend of a friend of a friend, which is the networking thing. You know, I've been, I've, I've had a LinkedIn profile since 2006. Um, you know, I've got thousands of connections on there and, you know, I've got, uh, you know, I've written a blog for years, spoken at, at events for years and in my roles in agencies, you know, I moved from being client service account management into more a business development and marketing role. So, in two or three agencies I worked in before going out on my own, my remit very much was do what we need to do to make everybody that we want to approach know who we are. And that comes through you um, as being almost the face of the agency. So business development meant being responsible for the marketing function as well. So that was, you know, blogging strategies. It was putting on webinars, seminars, speaking at events, industry events and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I was fortunate that my role allowed me to to do all of that. So such that I had the connections. Um, so when I was working my notice between July and October in advance of going out on my own, I kind of secured, you know, some speaking opportunities to chartered institute marketing groups. You know, and I remember on the day that I looked, I went out on my own. I went to Sheffield and spoke to 50 people at um, a business festival or something like that. So on my first day working for myself. I was on stage to kind of 55 people, which was pretty cool. Um, the groundwork that I'd put in was starting to deliver some conversations that wouldn't actually convert until probably after the, after the Christmas. So if you look at the numbers, um, the first three months of, oh, oh, sorry, sorry the, my first three months in business, which were October to December 15, I didn't invoice a penny. We were living on kind of what was in the bank savings from, you know, a couple of, you know, leaving agencies and, and, and payoffs and things like that. Um, but come January, you know, I was fortunate that I had landed some retained clients, some training and planning work, which I still do all of that stuff uh, right through to today. Um, but it took a while. It took a while to, um, to get it off the ground, to be honest. And it was a bit, uh, was a bit squeaky bum at times. And there's been some horrific highs and lows throughout that period you know i've been very fortunate to land some very good lucrative projects some good training um, um, uh, uh, work but then some of those things naturally come to an end and you have some big gaps in the um in in the forward forecast Mm -hmm. and some of them are not easy to uh to replace so i think one of the biggest challenges has been when you work for yourself um, and unless you scale quickly and get the support in that, you know, you probably should have is you win the work, you do the work and then the work's done. Shit. I've got to go and win some more work. Um, and that's the cycle that you're in. And mm-hmm. it would be nice to have you win the work. Okay. So some of that's coming to an end. I've got to continually do the business development um, stuff, but you have a finite number of hours. Oh, and you've got all these kids screaming and they want you home for tea at bedtime and they want stories or somebody's sick. So, you know, someone's got to go to school, somebody's got to stay at home. So, you know, when you work for yourself, I think there is probably a feeling at home. I'm talking about other partner when I, when I use this word that, you know, if I was in position involved in that stuff, now I'm getting called all the time. 
<laughs> can you just can you just come home and do this? Can you work at home today? Can you stay in for that? Can you take them there? Oh, it's hailstone. Can you pick the kids up from school because I'm, I'm not well? All of that. So when you're working for yeah. yourself, yeah, and you're working for yourself at home, which through those four years I've had spells of having uh, working in um, uh, co-working open spaces. I've had a couple of six-month spells in in, in offices. Um, right now I've got my own space about 15 minutes walk from home so it's just enough of a distance to be able to say no when I have to um, but large spells working at home um, and yeah how, how does that play out really because I mean I, you know, I can really resonate with that I also work from home um, and uh, yeah being being on call in a different way from if you're employed in working in an office or wherever you are. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, and it's not saying that people don't understand it and, you know, and, and all being well, you know, my, my better half will listen to this at some point and I'm not in any way saying anything that, uh, you know, is, is in any way detrimental to how we, you know, manage, you know, the challenges that we have at home. But if, if you're there in the building, then there is probably a feeling, even if the door to the bedroom shut, that, you know, dad's in the house, let's go and say hello. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you finish early? Um, etc. You know, how how does that play out in your own mind, Renee? Are you, are you cool with that? Are you are you do you flex really easily with it, or do you get? You know, I've been. Uh, I bet if you ask my my wife, how, in, it, honestly, how I've been through this five years of working for for myself, um, she'd probably say there's been spells when he's been absolutely unbearable. And he probably doesn't communicate what's going on. So I don't know why he's like that. Um, and she's got her own challenges. Um, she's managing all these kids and getting them all to school and doing some brilliant, brilliant stuff and managing the, the household and everything that goes with that. Um, and, you know, some challenging um, uh, uh, parental uh, situations and things as well. So she's got a full load as well. Um, but because I'm so consumed and so driven by the work and making the work work, I think there have been spells over time where, you know, I've probably been a nightmare, actually. Um, and I've realised that certainly in the, probably the last 12 months, you know, if not longer, you know, I do, you know, there have been spells where, you know, I'd get up early and I'd work solid. And if I was doing networking events or going out and seeing clients, I'd have to come back and do that day's work and work late into the evening. And then you're not sleeping, you're not sleeping. You're just a bit of a pain to be around because you're trying to balance everything um and i'm a lot better at that now i have you know gen generally um improved getting more sleep than i, than I probably ever have not burning the candle at both ends you know trying to work ahead manage the diary a bit and maybe accept where things are just not going to happen that day and let the right people know that it's not going to happen today and not actually get too stressed about it Imagine your stress levels. Yeah, you know, got you know, with four of them now, you know, parents' evenings and you know, football after school and activities. You know, you you don't want to miss that stuff. And you know, one of the reasons I think most people, well, I'd say probably the two, you know, there's probably three reasons why most people work for themselves. One, because they think they could probably be better off working for themselves. Two, because they get to a point where they probably think they're unemployable and think I don't want to work for anybody else because I'm just going to end up killing somebody. Uh, three because actually I want to, I want that balance I want to, I want the family time I want mm -hmm. the kid time I want the I want to, to to work you know hard but smart and enjoy the benefits of that so I want the holidays I want to be able to take days off with them at half term and not just have a normal week at work working nine to five so you know or we'll stop at three and go and take on the park in the summer and that I think 
you know, while you're busy delivering and busy chasing the next paycheck, it's hard. I think really, really in the certainly in the in the first few years, yeah. particularly if you're a service business mm. and you're operating very transactionally, yeah, yeah, because um, you're selling your time, you're getting things done, you're selling your time. So if I sell more time, I can make more money, but then you've got, I've got more work to do, and I've got to squeeze the work in around you know dinners and bedtimes and school and this and that and these things, and it just gets all a bit stressy because you know deep in your heart you've taken too much on. But the household's expensive, so you need the money to. So you're in a bit of a cycle. Yeah, that's the dilemma, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it sounds like you're you're finding a way through that, and I could totally resonate. Like the first few years of starting up a business are particularly challenging, I think, in in all sorts of ways. What you know, I've been exploring with people the, the concept of balance, and it's a word you've used um, in 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 the podcast already as well. What what do you see as a, a way of finding balance between Kind of this in- inevitable pull of, the, of business and trying to create your business and the inevitable pull of your family as well yeah i mean i think we're you know routine's really important in our household you know and right from when they're little you know our children we try and we, we've had all of them in routines you know when it comes to kind of sleeps and feeding and we followed certain you know people's approaches to this you know and some people agree with it some people don't you know in the main it worked for us so our children are in the main good sleepers um they'll eat most of the stuff you put in front of them you know three of them are boys so you've got to work them hard so they're tired enough so they go to bed at the right time and go to sleep so i can generally now work out I can plan my week in the knowledge that I know what a Monday is going to be like and what I work, what time I need to finish um, and what's happening and where I need to be. And I can do that through the week now so that, um, you know, I'm being a little bit more tougher with myself on, you know, what commitments I take on work wise. And, and equally sometimes, you know, if I do need to kind of work a late one or, you know, heaven forbid do an all nighter, which, you know, I do occasionally um, to get something done if I'm on a deadline. Because I'm still in a, in a delivery focused role, I suppose, for most of my clients. Um, it's just yeah, managing it and knowing that, you know, in in the same way, you know, I can't expect my my wife to manage all of that stuff with the kids. You know, they do need to see dad, and I think it's important as well that they see why I work and what I'm doing and and what it contributes to the house. And you go on this holiday because daddy went and did this work and he, they think I teach. They think I go out and teach people how to do the stuff that I do because, you know, marketing is a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. So in their heads, I think if they were asked, they'd say, well, well, daddy goes and teaches and he talks and he kind of speaks and does various things for people. He does advertising websites, you know, so they, they kind of understand it at a level they need to understand it. Um, You know, they they can also see, Sorry, they can also see physically that you're working, right? Because if you're, um, I think, in-house I, I, think working. Yeah, I think the key thing, I think one of the key things is, yeah, if you want, if you want balance, you've got to be very clear. So if you're working at home, you know, it's about if the door's open or shut, if there's a sign on it, if you're going to put a thing on it, a slidey thing that says, you know, daddy's in here till five, or call, do not disturb, or whatever it is. But knowing, agreeing the, the the basics of what a work day looks like and when disruptions and distractions can and can't happen. If you're working at home, that's super important. But I find it, it works well for me here, 10 minute walk, 15 minute walk from the house because, you know, the primary school kids will kick out and then they're at their FaceTime at half the, how you doing dad, good day, you know, you're coming home for tea at six, blah, blah, blah. And because I've got an office space now, I have kind of fallen into a, 
you know, eight to five, nine to six sort of a day, which again, isn't really what I wanted to be doing, but right now it kind of works. I mean, today, for example, I kind of um, thought, you know what, I've got, I need to get a run in. So I did a 5k at lunchtime and went home and had a shower, lunch with the two-year-old daughter. She's gone to sleep for the afternoon. I've come back to the office and, you know, prepared for this and done some other bits and pieces. So, you know, giving yourself that space and that permission to kind of do what you need to do when, but, you know, maybe not being too hard on yourself. And that's, and that's the difficult thing when you're building something, when you're growing it, when you're building your profile, your reputation, trying to get out there. I've had those spells where, when even if I'm sat watching TV or watching a football match or watching a film that I'm really into, I'm thinking I could be on LinkedIn sending connections. I could be doing this. I could be writing a blog. I could be doing. I could be doing something else. I could be multitasking now and doing something for my business. Because Gary Vaynerchuk said, "Always be hustling. Always be doing this. Always be doing that." And sometimes you've got to say, "No, actually, for my sanity <laughs> and for the sanity of the people around me, I'm not going to sit here with a laptop on my knee tonight." And it, you know, I'm not perfect. I do do it some nights. I did it last night. I won't be doing it tonight. Um, and you just you got to see it and sometimes check yourself sometimes. Um, but having four kids is a balancer because, you know, they all need stuff at different times and you have to, you have to ultimately react and respond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So that brings me on to sort of another topic I've been exploring with other dads um, who are entrepreneurs and kind of we're, we've been skirting around it a little bit and that's the topic of guilt. Mm. Right. And I think, you know, you, you've been really painting a brilliant picture of how you try and manage that need to be flexible between kind of the pools of your business and the pools of your family. But yeah, I'm just bringing... I can give you a really tangible topical example of this and, uh, you know, and, and, and when this is, is released and I share it out in some of my kind of friends and some of the other dads, you know, hopefully come and have a listen, you know, they might be a little bit, uh, you know, surprised when I say this, but, you know, I've got a nine-year-old, he's in a football team and, <coughs> it's a very well managed uh, fo- football club they've got you know um, age groups from sort of seven up to 16 or 18 or something they've got two or three teams at each each age group is very well run you know they've got some um, high profile ex England internationals you know working alongside them and stuff and they do an annual trip somewhere so last year they took everybody to Barcelona and they got to play at the new Camp and for a number of reasons last year we didn't go he was eight last year and you know um well probably one of the primary reasons was probably the money it would have cost best part of a grand for us for the two of us to go for this weekend um it was a fallen in may half term when we as a family normally try and do something together as well um and also i think in my mind you know i'm conscious that you know i live in a part of the country where you know there's a lot of spoiled kids and, it, and it's true and people uh, living in wilmslow might laugh if, if and when they hear this but i think it's probably true because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of people with a lot of money um and you know kids kids get what they want um and i felt taking you know there was an element of taking an eight-year-old off on a trip to play at barcelona you know would he really appreciate that and would he look back on that even when he was a teenager and feel and understand quite what a thing that would that was to do and and so from that perspective you know um you know we didn't do it now they're doing the trip this year uh they're going over to psg in paris in um in may and all through you know the period of talking about it i was like yeah we're going to go this time we're going to go this time um 
and I've had to say yesterday we can't go and I've had to sit down with him and just say to him look mate it's 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 the money again to be honest you know I planned a number of things in January that, that for various reasons haven't come off uh the cash flow is not quite yet you're there this is real world stuff um it would have cost us about 1400 quid just for me and him to go to Paris for the weekend stay where we're staying um play the tournament at, at, at the stadium. I mean, he's great. He didn't be like, oh, dad, whatever, whatever. A part of me was thinking, do you know what? If I sold an extra two marketing planning sessions that I do, I'd cover it. But then I'm thinking, and being a responsible business person, um, I've got VAT coming up. You know, I've got self-assessment. I've got corporation tax. I've got all these things in the, in, in the business. And, you know, and the, and the family will want a holiday as well at some point. You know, and there's that, there's that pressure um i've got to you know do do the right thing and say look this at this point right now um it's not something we can do and yeah i feel guilty as hell about that because the thing about not saying we couldn't go last year was that we'll do it next year yeah and here i am uh essentially letting him down again so mitigating that by saying but listen what we're going to do is we're going to go and get tickets for this match we're going to go to that concert we're going to go and see that WWE thing. We'll, we'll do all these other things, and it'll be and it'll be all right. He's like, yeah, 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 cool, Dad. Yeah, Dad, that's cool. You never quite know if he's thinking that on the inside. I've got to take him at face value, and there's little things like that, you know, all the time. You know, their birthdays are all bunched up in the first uh, four or five months of the year, which shows you what we always typically got up to in the summer uh, uh, beforehand. So we got uh, Christmas, then I've got five birthdays, uh, all be- all before Easter. So it's a very expensive time of the year um and yeah so that guilt thing and it's particularly around being able to afford things and give them the things that you think you should be able to um that is probably the thing that eats away the most that's a real topical yeah. tangible thing that yeah. i hope you know other other listeners can you know but i think again it, with these things it's how you handle it it's how you communicate it i think it's important that they know we're not made of money. You know, we live in, a, in an affluent town um, just outside Manchester, but we don't live in one of the best streets, in one of the best houses. We don't drive the best cars. We're not going skiing in February and four holidays a year in Dubai in October at half term like other people might. You know, we do what we do. We manage what we manage. I think it's important that they understand that as well, actually. Um, but, yeah, if I could afford to do a few extra things a year, I probably would. <laughs> yeah uh, that's such a good, great story and thank you for sharing it i think people would resonate with it and i love that you know that's kind of the realness of it isn't it, it kind of it that that to me is exactly the, it's, it's, uh, the connection's gone a bit i think that's exactly yeah, the inter- that's the intersection of heart of dad isn't it because you've got your, you know you, you you're working your socks off to try and make this business a success it's a passion for you uh, but there's also a place where the rubber hits the road, and that is, you know, the finances of the yeah, family. Means, um, I think, you know, whenever anybody says, oh, you know, if you run your own business, you've got to have a why, you know, you're Simon Sinek at Golden Circle, you've got to have a why, and what's the why? And the why is invariably to spend more time with the people that you care about and to give them the sort of things that you, you want to be able to give them. So ultimately, it always comes back to the wife and kids, doesn't it? And wanting to make them proud but if they're too young to understand that or appreciate that but to appreciate that you know they get a nice holiday or they get this or they get that or they get these other things which are probably a little bit materialistic but when you've got kids that's the reality 
or experiences you know we generally try and go down the road of experiences and try and get to cool places and do cool things um you know and try and try and do that because i you know you want when they're older to appreciate you know time well spent um and i think there's a probably a move back to that you know in in parenting now you know it's like we're starting to move through the devices and the video games hopefully and getting back to now let's all get out and go for a walk at the weekend and go yeah. and do this or whatever it is um, and i think that stuff's really important mm. um, it's a good grounding well yeah. you know you know to your point about the whole the whole guilt thing you know there are moments and times and probably more than there should be but they're also great levelers you know for you mm. to just remember actually why why is it that i took us all down this path and that's another point to make as well, you know, but in me in choosing this life, you know, I'm dragging everybody else along through it as well, you know, and it's not consequently, you know, straightforward for everybody else. You know, we could be better off if I was a marketing director in a FTSE 100, you know, pulling down an easy six figuring salary a year. But that might precipitate me living in London three, three days a week, three nights a week to, to do that, you know my wife would get the security that she craves financially, I'd never be at home. And I think that's probably one of the other key drivers and the things to think about is that quality of life, isn't it? It's, you know, do you want to, do you want to be that guy in that corporate job doing that thing and miss your kids growing up? Because once they hit teenage, you know, that you, you kind of, that, that that's the moment for, for gone isn't it you know they're going to do the high school thing if they then move away and study and then you kind of redevelop a relationship in your 20s with with parents so certainly the way i kind of look at my own experience but there's some wilderness years there which actually then make zero to 16 really bloody important mm. you know, one of the drivers for me right now you know taking that point forward is oscar's 12 soon so we're thinking we've probably got four more family summer holidays before he probably won't want to come with us anymore. He's going to want to go with his mates or go to festivals or stay at home and have parties while we're away, whatever that is. We've only got a few more left. So I've got to work to make sure we can have a holiday every year. So that's a little bit of an extra pressure, but it's coming from a place of, you know, compassion, I suppose. And but it's, you know, so that's that, that's driving some of my kind of thinking and focus on work at the moment as well, um, because you're almost like you've got a window of time, particularly yeah. with him. Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of us would you know, recognise what you're saying there, Renee. Yeah. I just want to switch tack a little bit and kind of the the other part of the question I've been asking people around guilt is anger. Okay. So you know, I've been very upfront in these podcasts about my own yeah. relationship at times with anger as as a dad and yeah. you know, struggling with that, and I just wanted to know. You know, there are pressures when you run a business and maybe it's got nothing to do with running a business, but you know, I wanted to hear about what your relationship with anger is and how, how it plays out. With, with um, I've probably, you know, I hinted at, you know, the whole Aries thing and a bit of ego and pride and things. If you start really assessing, you know, what you think drives you as a person, you know, what, what are you like and what kind of triggers you, and then look at the experiences that you've been through you know, to get to the point where you are now, or maybe to the point where, you know, I started this working for myself thing four and a half years ago. And therefore the amount of emotion that I invest in it to make sure it works, then yeah, when it 
buzzing uh, somewhere else that means I can't focus on it and deliver it to the level or the depth that I want to, then it's going to cause some problems. You know, it's going to, and there's going to be some, you know, outbursts or responses or whatever to that. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things for me because I, you know, I feel that I am defined by my work and defined by how successful I am or I think I am and it's not like in a 10x you know I don't want to be a millionaire and that will define my success it's not about that it's about being at a level ultimately financially where you know I can pay the bills and put a bit away you know and that would be that would be ideal but then when I get to that yeah we want a little bit more but it's probably a lifestyle business and I would like to get to a point where I am maybe working smarter maybe I'm doing you know the classic group one-to-many thing um, rather than having single, you know, transactional clients, I've dabbled with all of that sort of stuff. So I think all of that plays a part in this mixed-up, you know, recipe of stuff that's in here uh, that leads to, you know, the guilt and, and the angers. And it could be yeah, snapping at the kids, and they haven't really done anything wrong. It's just bad timing that they decide to have a kickoff now, and they're arguing about a remote control or who's watching what, where's the torch? You know, somebody's in the shower and someone's flushed the toilet, and da da da, whatever it is. And they are probably, um, how should we say, unreasonably reprimanded. You know, they're overly punished. Yeah. And that could be like, you know, you bypass the naughty step. They've gone straight to bed without, you know, whatever. You know, it's like, just get in there, shut the door, lights off. That's you done for the night. They're like, God, I only did that thing. You know, he did all this yesterday and he never only got put on the step for a minute or whatever. So there's probably where there's triggers, you know, and it's disproportionate responses. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that's certainly something there. And yeah, and, but I think now having the 10 or 15 minute walk back to the house, or if I'm out and about, you know, I've got a client I spend Mondays with in Sheffield, so Manchester to Sheffield. So I've got a nice, um, an hour, hour and 40 minute drive back to calm down. You've got that time to exactly do that, to calm down and get in the zone and be prepared for what's going to happen at home and four kids belt towards you and they want that attention because they've not seen you all day and, you know, Mrs. wants you to do X, Y, Z because, you know, she's had a busy day and has no understanding of what my day's been like. So I've got that time to be prepared for that. If you work at home, you haven't. You can hear them all all around the house already. You're thinking, right, I've got to go downstairs and get, get into all that and my head's banging and I've not finished what I needed to do today and it's just waiting for it, isn't it? So you've got to somehow find a way to give yourself that little bit of time. And I know you coach, you know, in various areas, but I think what's one of the, one of the big things is, you know, I would imagine giving, having that time to just in the mornings warm up and get in the zone, but equally at the end of the day to calm down and come out of the zone and be ready to yeah. reacclimatize with the, with the yeah. other world. Because when you don't, and I guess this is where, you know, this, this, this thread, this trend comes from is you just launch from one thing over here that you've not adequately finished with and dealt with into some other situation. <sighs> Combustive. Yeah. 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 That's a great insight, right? I think um, that decompression moment uh, is yeah. so important, right? And, uh, when you've been speaking about that, I've just been thinking about the importance of taking care of yourself in all this because i think you know you kind of alluded to burning the candle at both ends at times and kind of oh, the pressures right. financial and you know all the others that you have as a as an entrepreneur and being a dad so yeah what you know you talked about the run today and you talked about having that 15 minute what else do you do to kind of keep 
body and mind and soul together? Uh, well, personally, for me, I realised quite early on. I mean, when we had the first child, you know, we had gym memberships and all sorts, and we, you know, I can't remember at the time whether it was a money-led thing or whatever it was, but we let the gym memberships go and never really joined gyms again. So I've played five-a-side with different groups over over the years. You know, I've been a runner on and off. Um, so I've always tried to have you know those physical activities i've got some kit at home in a, in, a, in a garage out back if i really need to go and punch something there's something there i can go and punch um but yeah at the moment um i would say it's probably more the running um and to give that some structure i probably um book race spots so uh, as, as of right now i'm actually training for the manchester marathon which is on april the 5th mm-hmm. um so i've got a fair few weeks to get into shape for that so i can i'm comfortable at two hour half you know i haven't won marathon before but i didn't really prepare for that so it feels like it's my first marathon really it'll be my, my marathon pb I'm, I'm not really counting the london one from, from from 10 years ago so um i'm driven you know i generally set goals for everything and i have to-do lists and i want to achieve things so you know i thought you know if we can work on just improving the sleep a little bit um not burning the candle at both ends um really slimming down at work on the things that i want to be doing and who i want to be doing it with and getting down to maybe two or three core product offerings so i'm not trying to be everything to everyone and that's another thing in the past um it's been as a marketing person there's so many different types of work you can do for so many different types of customers and clients if you try and be everything to everyone as you know you know you end up being nothing to nobody so that creates some clarity in the head as well Um, because I'm not having to sell 25 different things that I do Um, but I would say a little bit of exercise healthy eating you know but uh, not not that healthy Um, time with the kids you know evenings and weekends you know there's going to be story time there's going to be nights where they were going to stay and watch a movie activities all through the week and and at weekends kids parties all sorts of stuff so yeah uh, you know, I try and not work at the weekends. It's not always um, achievable. But, you know, there are some things you can put in place as a business, obviously on the software side, to mitigate some of the admin. So, like, I moved to zero, and zero has been brilliant from the accountancy side of things, invoicing, and all that, all that good stuff. Um, I'm playing with HubSpot CRM for CRM and integrating email into that. And I'm using Calendarly now for appointments and setting up all these Zoom calls and all this sort of thing. So even this week, just, you know, bite-sized 30-minute sessions, you know, in the calendar, send people the link, they book the session, da, 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 and all of that just makes things easier. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I think actually it's not always the work that stresses people out when, you, when you're working for yourself. It's, the, it's either the finding additional work or just the admin that sits around it because it's always the stuff you'll leave to, to last, like self-assessment forms. How many of your listeners are going to be doing self-assessment forms two days before the deadline? Yeah. Probably you. <laughs> um, uh, because it's something that you'll leave to evenings and weekends. You know? But then that in itself, I've been that dad, and I, t- I talked about this at Small Networking a few years back. You know, I was that dad shooing the kids away while I'm sat doing invoicing at weekends or whatever it is, and it's like, this is it's a bloody weekend. What am I doing? Mm. they're just coming on they want to play it's like dad it's saturday come on it's like i've got to sit and do this it's madness because you're not using your time properly or efficiently or effectively so yeah there's just there's quite a lot yeah i think 
yeah. going on. But, yeah, certainly from a, you know, the great word you use, decompression. How do you, you know, swelling at the end of the day because you've had this day, yeah. how do you just relieve that? And it can be something as simple as taking that 10-minute walk home or, you know, um, you know, with the podcast in your ears or some blast of music just to shake it out. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you know, a bit of sport, a bit of running, you know, guys need to get out and spend more time with other guys. I don't do that particularly. Um, it's definitely an area, I think, that, um, that a, lot of, a lot of guys would benefit from. Um, oh, that's I a great one. Think, I, I don't, just one final thing. I think I, my peer group of dads, certainly of the primary school kids i don't think there's many that work for themselves um so if i'm posting on facebook about you know i'm doing this thing blah 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 blah, blah you know your friends don't typically like stuff if you're working for yourself yeah we know that right there's some weird psychology to it um because they're all employed and they don't get it they don't get why would you do that why would you be selling things on facebook posts it's like do you know why because I'm not employed. <laughs> um, but consequently, you know, I mean, there's been times cash flow wise where I know there's groups going out and you can't go out or you're not in the right headspace to want to go out because they're all going to be talking yachts and ski holidays and da 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 da. And you're like, that is just not my world. Yeah. Yeah. That's my world. I don't get that. And I think where, I don't think it's peculiar to where I live. I just think um, if you're a self-employed person and you're a professional service and you've had the highs and lows and, and all of that and quite a lot of pressure, don't get me wrong, employed people, a lot of pressure, you know, in different ways. But, you know, you know the money's coming every month. Yeah. Whether you hit a target, whether you had a good month, you've got to work for it. You have actually got to work for it. You know, and if it's not there, then nobody it's not going to magically appear in the bank on Friday. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's that's a bit of a driver. So I've probably been, you know, you're talking about guilt, a little bit guilty in and, and answering your point about looking after yourself of retreating from groups, maybe even from friendships where, um, you know, we're just in different places. You, just don't, you, you know, you don't get it. Get me advice. I don't try to explain how I'm feeling. And what the pressures are at home, money, this, work, whatever, you go, oh, yeah, that's terrible. You might offer a solution or two, but you you don't really get it, you know. Um, so I think it, I think it's a it's just maybe think there's a topic in itself for one of these podcasts around isolation and loneliness. Well mm. Yeah, I think because I think there's something yeah. in particularly if you work working for yourself and you spend a lot of time on your own. And then that's where, you know, the networking industry has kind of come alive, isn't it? To kind of plug that gap so that people working on their own at home, of which there are millions of us and a good proportion of them will be blokes um, of all disciplines, you know, coaches, marketers, designers, web development, ICAs, whatever they are. You know, and if I do this all week, I'm going to go mad. I've got to go and have breakfast with some people and just talk to other people running businesses. And that's how that industry has... Yeah. You know, it's taken a lot of money from people, you know, because they think they've been conditioned to, to need that. But they probably do need something. Um, hmm. Yeah, I would probably say there's there's an element of that in there. So whether that falls into the guilt category or the um, self-care. Um, but you know, again, thinking, you know, that might resonate with, with people hmm. listening. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There's great groups online, you know, even yeah. on Facebook. 
the, the dad's net groups and things and they're starting to arrange meetups around the country and stuff so you can find that kind of thing if you've still got you know your football legs you know go and find a five-a-side mm-hmm. game and you know there's ways and means i think to yeah if you need a bit of that you know companionship and it's not like rural daily story look at them look at them you know all of that it's not you know we're all beyond that it's not that kind of male bonding is it it's yeah it's sharing the same space and and kind of having a bit of a you know a bit a bit of a release or a bit of a break yeah yeah this has been brilliant Renee. i've really heard so much kind of um honesty and great to meet you and get a chance to come and have a chat yeah i really enjoyed it so if we want to find out more about you where do we, do we where do we need to go okay so um websites as ever are, are always in development but if you go to vision b2b so the letter b number two letter b.co.uk there is a page there that's outlining some of the things that i'm doing um so it starts with um 99 pound uh, zoom calls where we can start looking at all aspects of how you position and promote yourself and your business. We could be looking at how you're using LinkedIn, your website, um, just have a chat about kind of how you're going about um, uh, promoting your business. If we want to get into a bit more of a deeper um, relationship there, I, I provide what we call done for you marketing services. So that is actually, you know, writing and getting your website built, sorting out PR, getting your speaking gigs, whatever you need uh, or you think you need to you know attract the customers that you want to attract um, and then we do planning days I can come into the business and if it's a bigger business with a management team I can take you through a process of, of aligning what the business wants to be doing sales objectives that you're going to put in place to, uh, to, 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 to achieve that and then a marketing plan that will drive uh, that through so you know few few areas but it's all you know, basically marketing-led growth, I suppose. And mm-hmm. this phrase I use, positioning expertise. So if you're good at what you do and you want to be seen as an expert to a certain type of customer, you know, that's what I help people with. Brilliant. Sounds fantastic. So I'll get that in the show notes. And um, yeah, thanks for hanging out with me for the last hour. I've really enjoyed it. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks for asking us. And again, you know, um, yeah, people listening to this, um, feel free to drop um, uh, us any questions, comments, and uh, we'll get back to you. Brilliant. Thank you, Renee. Cool.